you should already know where we're going. Let's go to the book of 1 John, chapter number 1. I don't want that slide. I want another slide. Do we have another slide? <clears throat> if, <coughs> if not, we just don't need a slide. <coughs> All right. First John, are you there? Scotty's there. Mary Ann was there. Who else is there? Here, present. Got it. Got it. First John, chapter number one. We're going to look today at sin is such a deception. Such a deception. First John. Chapter 1, 6 through 10. John writes, We say that we have fellowship with him, meaning with Jesus, and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. What a great verse. What a great verse. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's that word all again. How many knows what all means? That's right. All means all, and that's all that it means. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. How many ever met a guy or a gal like that? They're better than Jesus. They're good as Jesus and getting better every day, I heard a guy say one time. I don't know, he should have choked when he said that. Because the Bible says here, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Sin is such a deception. It can look pretty. It can look attractive. It can look a million different ways. But it's such a deception. Bow your heads, please. Lord, I'm praying that every person here would be primed and ready to hear your word that will be delivered this day. God, I thank you in advance for any good thing that comes from this, whether it's here today, whether it's on a CD, whether it's on the internet for someone to watch, whatever the situation, God, we give you praise ahead of time for all the good that will happen. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 1, verse 7, talks about fellowship with one another. People, 
Let's get along one with another. You're not in grade school, unless you really are in grade school. It's like I've said before, this ain't your grandmother's church unless your grandmother goes to this church. Let's get along. You can have more than one friend at a time. People who don't fellowship well with others, what it means is they don't fellowship very well with him. Because that was... John 1, 7, fellowship one with another. 1 John 1, 6 says, fellowship with him. So that's where it all starts. You fellowship well with him, you're going to be able to fellowship well with others. We at Orchardville Church have, I say this without reservation, and I'd like for some other people group to try to prove me wrong. We at Orchardville Church have the best pie makers in America. That's right. And I'd be open for other, whoever hears this CD or whatever, to, I'd be open to that to try to prove me wrong. After I get through fasting, that is. But here's what I noticed. When these pies first started coming to Orchardville Church, all these pies, and all means all, and that's all that it means. These pies, all of them were coming to moi. <laughs> you want a piece of pie? Well, you got to treat me nice, and I'll, I'll give you a piece of this pie. But then... Something else happened. George Thomason started getting some pies. <laughs> and then Mike Bookout, every Wednesday night when he would preach, he would talk about somebody making a pie. And I've seen the method to his madness because it wasn't long. People bring in Mike Bookout pies. And without a doubt, George will back me up, book out was getting more pies than everybody else combined. <laughs> Here's what the preacher could have done. As the pie and the person carrying the pie walks right past me. Where's that pie going? You walk, I'm standing over here. <laughs> no, we're giving this pie to George. You know what I could have done? I could have out there in the foyer, fell on my back and started hitting my feet on, no, 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 that pie goes to me. I could have done that. But that would look pretty stupid, wouldn't it? We have got to allow people, because people have the capacity within them to be able to like and to love and to share with more than just one person at a time. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, 
I don't know that done somebody some good. I was supposed to say that for some reason. I don't know why. But there I've said it. Now, into the thick of this message. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see, and you're expecting me to go on, but let's stop right there. Except a man or a woman be born again, they cannot see. The natural man sees Jesus as a great teacher. They see Jesus as a great rabbi. They see Jesus as a great man. They will go so far as to say he was the greatest man that ever lived, but then they'll stop. Oh, no, he's not, he's, he's not the only way to heaven. I won't go so far as to say that. I, I can't see how he'd be the only way to heaven. They're real big on the Sermon on the Mount. Not so much about Mount Calvary. Is how a lot of people look at the Lord Jesus. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. How many of you have ever been to the Niagara Falls? You've seen Niagara Falls. That would be difficult to try to explain that to somebody who was blind. How many of you have ever been to Grand Canyon? That would be difficult to explain that to somebody who was blind. People, and I've heard it, people say it to me, I don't see anything wrong with legalizing pot. People said it to me, I don't see anything wrong with drinking alcohol. And I always think the same thing when I hear that. They're diagnosing their own case. I don't see. That's what they're saying. Abe Lincoln said, alcohol has many defenders, but no defense. That's a wonderful quote. Lord, give us eyes to be able to see. Jesus stood up in the synagogue and said these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for the recovering of sight to those that are blind. How can God do that? We see how because if we back up in verse number 5, God is light. And light is more powerful than darkness. You could have every light in this building shut off and have one flashlight and it give you enough light to see. Immediately the darkness has to flee. I hate it when I hear people talk about how God and the devil is just neck and neck and we never know who's going to win from day to day. Come on, that can't be true. Jesus said, if I with the very finger of God can cast out devils. I always love that. Because I always think about it with me with one finger going up to a kid behind their ear and going like this. Just. That's what Jesus is saying. I with the finger of God can cast out a devil. 
Don't even begin to try to think that we're neck and neck and you've got to wonder who's going to win every day. I said this years ago, and I remember Bo Bear saying to me after that service, I've never thought of that all of my life. Where the Bible says in the book of Revelation that one angel with one chain binds the devil in the pits of hell. Not a million angels, not five angels, one angel with one chain. I like that a whole lot. I like that a whole lot. Sin is such a deception. Let me read you something that you can find in your Bible. In the book of Matthew, and I want you to listen real good. Listen real good as I read this. It's in Matthew 27. Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, you're saying that I am. And when he was accused of the chief priests and the elders, Jesus answered nothing. Then said Pilate to him, hearest thou not how many things they witnessed against you? And Jesus answered him not a word. Are you with me? Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Insomuch that Pilate marveled greatly now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Who will I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered Jesus. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with Jesus, that just man. For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the two would you that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They said, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just man. See ye to it. Now, let me read you something else. This is from a book by Max Licato. Pilate lived in a land where everyone wore coats. The people never removed their coats. They never asked why. They only asked, which coat should I wear? Pilate's mother loved blue. So to please her, he wore a blue coat. When she would see him wearing blue, she would say, yay, I love it when you wear blue. So he wore the blue coat all the time. Pilate grew up and got a job. The first day of his job, he got up early, put on his best blue coat and walked down the street. The crowds on the street, they didn't like blue. They liked green. Everyone on the street wore green. As he walked past, everyone looked at his blue coat and said, nay. When the people saw his blue coat and said nay, Pilate dashed into a clothing store and bought a green coat. 
He put it on over the blue coat and walked back into the street. Yay, the people shouted as he walked past. He felt better because he had made them feel better. When he arrived at his workplace, he walked into the boss's office wearing a green coat. Nay, said the boss. Oh, I'm sorry, Pilate said, quickly removing the green coat and revealing the blue coat. You must like blue like my mom. Nay, responded the boss. He got up from his chair, walked to the closet, produced a yellow coat. We like yellow here. Whatever you say, sir, Pilate answered. Relieved to know he wouldn't have to hear his boss say nay anymore. He put the yellow coat over the green coat, which was over the blue coat, and so he went to work. When it was time for him to go home, he replaced the yellow coat with the green and walked through the streets. Just before he got to his house, he put the blue coat over the green coat and the yellow coat and went inside. It was at this moment that Pilate realized he had a special gift. With a little practice, he was able to shed one coat and replace it with another in a matter of seconds. Even Pilate didn't understand his versatility, but he was pleased with it, for now he could be any color, any time, and please every person. His skill at changing coats quickly elevated him to high positions. Everyone liked him because everyone thought he was just like them. With time, he was elected governor over the entire region. His acceptance speech was brilliant. Those who loved green thought he was wearing green. Those who loved yellow thought he was wearing yellow. And his mother just knew he was wearing blue. Only he knew that he was constantly changing from one to the other. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Because at the end, everyone said yay. Pilate's multicolored life continued until one day, some yellow-coated people stormed into his office. We have found a criminal who needs to be executed, they announced. Shoving a man toward Pilate's desk, Pilate was shocked at what he saw. The man wasn't wearing a coat at all, just a T-shirt. Leave him with me, Pilate instructed, and the yellow coats left. Now it gets good. Where is your coat? asked Pilate. I don't wear a coat, said Jesus. You don't have a coat? I don't want one. You don't want a coat? Everyone wears a coat. Why, it's, it's the way things are here. I'm not from here. What coat do they wear from where you're from? No coat. None? None. Pilate looked at the man with amazement. But what if people don't approve? It's not their approval I seek. Pilate had never heard such words. He didn't know what to say. He'd never met a person without a coat. The man with no coat spoke again. I'm here to show people that they don't have to please people. I'm here to tell the truth. If Pilate had ever heard the word truth, he had long since rejected it. What is truth, he asked. But before the man could answer, People outside the governor's office began to scream, kill him, kill him. A mob had gathered outside the window. Pilate went to it and saw the crowd was wearing green. Putting on the green coat, he said, there is nothing wrong with this man. By then, the yellow coats were back in the office. Seeing them, Pilate changed colors and pleaded, this man is innocent. Nay, they proclaimed. Pilate covered his ears at the word. He looked at the man and pleaded, who are you? The man answered simply, who are you? Pilate didn't know. 
but suddenly he wanted to. Just then, his mother, who'd heard of the crisis, entered the office. Without realizing it, Pilate changed to blue. He's not one of us, she said. But Pilate said, and before he could answer on, the crowd, kill him. A torrent of voices came from all directions. Pilate again covered his ears and looked at the man with no coat. The man was silent. Pilate was tormented. I can't please them and set you free, he shouted over their screams. The man with no coat was silent. I can't please you and them. Still the man was silent. Speak to me, Pilate demanded. The man with no coat spoke one word. Choose. I can't, declared Pilate. He threw up his hands and screamed, take him. I wash my hands of the choice. But even Pilate knew in making no choice, he had made a choice. The man was led away, and Pilate was left alone, alone with his coats. Sin's a deception. I know preachers right now who are no longer in the pulpit preaching, and it's because sin is a deception. Years ago, while drywalling a house, I went a a different direction and went by a junkyard, and in that junkyard was four ambulances set side by side. Every one of them was wrecked. And the Spirit of God spoke to me as I drove past that. That was never supposed to happen. Either on their way to help someone or coming back, from helping someone, they had crashed. God has not intended for any of us to crash and go by the wayside and to be parked off in some junkyard where we're no longer good for much. Deception comes in all shapes and all sizes. That's why, and I'm telling you, if you want to get a fight started with me, you start one on this one and you got a fight on your hands. That's why every dollar we spend on teenagers all the way down through to the very infant kids in this church, if you think and you ever gripe at me about that, I'm going to be willing to get in your face because of that. I have seen churches down through the years that gripe and nitpick over every dollar is spent for the youth. And guess what? Today, they have no youth in that church. And the earlier that we can get to these young people and tell them the grace of God and how Jesus Christ can be within their life and give them the strength they need, the very moment and the very instant we can do that, we will be way better off if we do it now instead of waiting later. Amen. Every dollar that we spend on the young people, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I thought just recently, think of this song. Get ready. I'm about to sing. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. How many knows that? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. It's not. Oh, be careful, hearing aids, what you hear. (laughs) Oh, be careful, hearing aids, what you hear. It's not how the song goes. No. We got to get them when they're young. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's not. Oh, be careful, cataracts, what you see. <laughs> oh, be careful, cataracts, what you see. We got to get them when they're young. We got to instill these things within them when they're young. Billy Graham years ago had the statistics on how many people, he'd go from Coliseum to Coliseum. How many people here were, were saved before you were 16? It was always 80% of the people raised their hand. We got to get them when they're young. Everything that we can do from Logan and what he's doing to every group right on down to the very small one, everything we can do, it's beneficial, and we shouldn't begrudge any dollar that's spent toward them young people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> King David's sin was wrapped in the body of a beautiful woman. Balaam's sin was hiding in the prestige and the money that position brought to him. And of all the people in the Bible, apart from Isaiah, my guesstimate is Balaam is the most prolific and gifted and eloquent writer and prophet in the Old Testament, but that man fell by the wayside. Lot's sin was within all the land that he could see. And he went from looking toward Sodom to going toward Sodom, to living in Sodom. Toward the Bible says in the New Testament that the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were overthrown, was the words it used. Why? Because the people had thrown overboard every caution. They had thrown overboard every warning. They had thrown overboard every preacher trying to tell them. And I'm telling you, and I'll stand right here, and I'm telling you it's true. If you go the same route of throwing overboard every warning, everything, every, every song, every message, every uh, hand extended to you in Christian love and fellowship, you will be the same thing happen. Overthrown. Don't let it happen. Sin is such a deception. In 1 John 1, 6, we lie. In 1 John 1, 8, we say. In 1 John 1, 8, we deceive. Thank God in 1 John 1, 9, it says we confess. Thank God for that. Let's back up on verse 6. It says that they stop doing the truth. This is why this preacher will be redundant. And I don't care what people say about me for doing that. Oh, if he just get deeper, if he just get this and just get that. You will hear me say it a time and time and time again. Read two chapters every day. Pray every day. When the church doors are open, be here. Give when it's time to give. Sing when it's time to sing. Uh, pray when it's time to pray. Give praise to God when it's time to give praise to God. Do all these things. And I'm telling you, don't stop doing the truth. Keep doing the truth. Amen. Amen. All right, time's already got away from me. Now, let me give you this. Martin Luther, 500 years ago, German Reformation preacher. He had a dream. And in this dream, the devil came to him with a huge book. And in the dream, Martin Luther said, what's in that book? And the devil said, all of your sins. 
And he just kept saying it. All your sins. And he got to where he was just barreling over Martin Luther saying two words. All sins. And then in this dream, Martin Luther seen an angel. And that angel was carrying a Bible. And Martin Luther said, what's that book? And the angel said, it's the Bible. And he opened it up. And when he opened it up, he fell right to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. And Martin Luther said it was like it was in bold type, that one verse. And these few words... And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Imagine, let's say a man lived to be, let's say he's 90. And it, I, I, I could portray him as being a drunk, as being a no good. I don't have to do that, though. I could say he was just a decent guy, but he just refused, he refused God in his life. Think of the amount of sin that would be built up within that man's life. It would be bigger than if you went and just in a cubicle and placed all of his sins on top of this pulpit and you just kept piling them up. It'd be bigger than that. I'd say it would cover the whole floor. And then you could start piling them up. I would say all those sins collectively of 90 years would go plumb to the ceiling. That man can hear the gospel. That man can respond to the gospel and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. I accept you into my life. In that moment, every sin that that man had ever did in his whole life is washed away. Preacher, how can that be? You asking the wrong guy? I don't know how that can be. I just got to put that in God's hands. Because the Bible says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that man on that day has every bit the right to go to heaven as Billy Graham, who's lived decades for God. That man has every bit as much right to go to heaven as anyone else that's called out into the name of Jesus Christ. And it wouldn't matter if he died the next day. He has every bit as much right to go to heaven because the blood of God's Son cleanses us from all sin. If you think we can sin and get by, you really can't. Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the Egyptian in the sand. And the Bible says he looked this way. This is Moses we're talking about. Hid the Egyptian in the sand. He looked this way and he looked that way. He didn't look this way, though. And God had saw it the whole time. Be sure your sin will find you out unless 
It's been covered and cleansed. Thank God for that. Let's all stand. Those that's getting uh, water baptized today, we ask you to get prepared for that right now if you would. Thank God. We have two today. Uh, uh, husband, and, husband and wife team today getting baptized. How great is that? Would you bow your heads, please? Hey, if you're here today, we want to do this altar service this way. If you're here today, and even though you know that scripture is true, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. If you're here today, and you're honest enough to say this, I want you to raise your hand. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Have you never, ever said yes to Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never received him, and he cleansed you by his forgiveness. I want you to raise your hand. That way I can know. Anybody here in this building, that applies to you. You never have, in all of your life, said yes to Jesus. Evidently, everybody has. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to be honest with me. All right, what we want to do, <clears throat> what we want to do, I want to pray and these altars are going to be opened up. And we, I want you to pray for family and friends that you have that needs this forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. There's a world out there that's lost, and they need Jesus. And there was somebody years ago that shared Jesus with me. I want to do that with others. You need to do that with others as well. Father, we thank you, God, for the authority of your word. We're thankful, Lord God, for your graciousness in our life and your mercy and forgiveness in our life. And we ask and pray right now, God, any type of need in the house, we know, Lord, that they can bring it to me and I can do little, but, oh God, they can bring it to you and you can do much. And we're praying, God, and believing that they'll bring that to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my desire to honor you Lord with all my heart I worship you All I have within me All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart, give you my soul, and I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, Worship you All I have within me 
all that I adore is in you. Lord, it's in you. Yeah, yeah. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, Lord, I worship you, yeah, yeah. all I have. as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.